This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Pablo Carrell owns Wild Hunting Spain. He's an outfit in Spain. He's a young guy. And he's been a fan, a supporter of Blood Origins for three, four years now. Pablo Carroll and I uh, connected whilst I was in Spain, whilst we were debuting a film in Madrid, and we went out into the countryside to do a little hunting. Uh, I wanted to have Pablo on this podcast specifically just to talk about the hunt, talk about the landscape, talk about Spanish culture. I know a lot of you want to hunt in Spain, have a desire to hunt in Spain, and here is an outfitter on the ground talking about hunting in Spain. So, enjoy. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to, to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. <laughs> My hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Mm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a, a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. Makes it spell sound better. Salut. That's what you say in Spain, right? Yeah. Salut. Cheers. Cheers. I thought you said salut. We say salut, you say cheers. <laughs> <laughs> what um what province are we in right now? We are on Valencia province. Valencia province, right on yep. the coast of Spain, right? Yep. Real Mediterranean, lots of rosemary, really fragrant environment. I think that can be that can't be more Mediterranean than that. It's like <laughs> yeah. no trees, very few trees. Like what are those trees there? That's planted. 
pines, well, that's, right? That's pine, yeah. But where we were today in the mountains, very few trees. Yeah, you have some almond and olive plantation. Mm-hmm. But no, no, not a lot of trees. The um, it, I was telling you and I was telling Ricardo today, mm-hmm. the, the area, and we can see some from here. Yep. Like the entire area is terraced. Like yep. it's super mountainous, but it's terraced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they cannot uh, plant uh, anything on the mountains. And this is why they put that terrace in order to get it flat, to get to can plant and, and have wheat and all the yeah, other but things. These, but these terraces aren't like, they weren't built in the last 20 years. No, no, no. They have hundreds of years. Mm. Hundreds. And these, these, we're talking like, Massive walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, oh, they they didn't have machines, so they have to. How did to they build them? Do you with you their know? own hands, one by one? But were they like? Was it? Is there a class system here in Spain? Were they like the really the the, the poor servants that built them, or were just the landowners who built well, them? Well, I'm sure it was poor people because if you have to do that, to have some plantations, to have so to have some food. I mean, for sure, you're not a rich guy, you know. Mm. But they're everywhere. Yeah. Like even where we were hunting on the top of the mountains. In fact, (coughs) it's very common to shoot an ibex in a terrace because some people are still using that terraces to to grow uh, some vegetables, some wheat or something else. And then the ibex come from the mountains to eat that tender grass. Mm. So it's very, very common. You can see in videos uh, about hunting in Spain, and well, I can tell you, it's very common to shoot an ibex on that on that fields. Because it's almost like a food attractant, <coughs> right? It's like a food exactly. Plant. As soon as rains in spring, the little grass start growing, and and that uh, make crazy to the ibex and the and the roadies as well. Mm. And it is now what end of March mm-hmm. here in Spain. Is it supposed to be raining right now? Yeah, yeah. It, this year is is very it's it's being a very dry year. Yeah. In fact, we were hunting, and you saw that fire mm-hmm. uh, far away, but you saw the smoke and the Pumping fire. smoke. Yeah. So it, this is not common in in March. That can be more common in July, in August, but not in March. So what's the prediction then? If this well, is already fire in March, it's it's very difficult to get a prediction. And my hope is uh, to have some rains in the spring, but for the moment it's not not getting very very good. Mm-hmm. Well, Pablo Carol, welcome to the Blood Origins podcast. Thank you very much. I know you're super nervous because English is not your first language. Yeah, I I I'd rather prefer to do it in Spanish, but <laughs> I'm gonna try my best. And I'm I I say sorry for my poor level of, of English, but I I'm gonna try my best. No, your English is fine. Your English is fine. And if you have to break into Spanish to get it out and then you can translate for us, then okay, that's fine too. I will try to talk in English. And what do you do, Pablo? Tell everyone, give you a little introduction to who you are. Okay, so I have an outfitting operation here in Spain. Um, I, I am also a hunting guide all over the world, but uh, I'm trying to to do that international hunts a little bit less uh, in order to... Make your wife happy? <laughs> yeah, well, that's <laughs> one of the reasons. Yeah. But I, I want to concentrate in, in my operation in Spain. 
it's it's of course uh, also about my wife you're right sure i cannot lie but uh, i have the feeling that in spain i i can do the things on my way i have all under control if there is a mistake it's going to be my fault but I can control everything. I can choose the hunting areas. I can choose my guides. I can choose my hotels. I can choose the restaurants where we are going to eat. I mean, it's all about my decisions. Mm. And and this is uh, this is uh, allowed me to to take my business where where I want. Mm-hmm. I don't have that feeling sometimes when I travel with my hunters uh, to Asia or other places. I mean, because it's not your backyard. Exactly. And and I I I trust in my in my partners but sometimes there is like i will say surprises mm. and i don't like surprises and i know the hunters don't want surprises mm-hmm. so i try to to don't ha- have surprises here in spain and i and do it on my way well we had a surprise yesterday <laughs> in that i wanted to shoot this beautiful <laughs> was it a beautiful no, it was super ugly. Ibex. <laughs> and that was a surprise to me, not for you. <laughs> Nobody wants to shoot that kind of Ibex. <laughs> but I was ready to shoot it. It was a really crooked horned uh, Besette Ibex. Uh, old. It was with the yeah, other it, two it that were super old. They were yeah. all old. But if I will say, that's my opinion. If you have two, three, four Ibex, then you can shoot that one, which is very rare. Mm. But that's going to be your first Ibex. We have to do it in a proper way. Yeah, and we've seen, we've hunted for two days, essentially, and we've seen 40, yeah. 40 Ibex, at least. Yeah. At least. Mm-hmm. And um, no, what you said is, is perfectly true. You chose the restaurant that we ate at. We had a paella that was made with perdiz mm-hmm. and snails. Yeah. Uh, the hunting area is unbelievable. Uh, the guides, Nestor and Quanto, mm-hmm. uh, amazing guides. Very, you know, what I really loved about the what I loved about the interaction mm-hmm. was that it wasn't like you guys were constantly looking at animals. Yeah, constantly, mm-hmm. constantly checking each other, yeah. like. Yeah. How old do you think that is? How old do you think? Oh, no, no, look yeah. here, look here, change that. Yeah. No, 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 come on, let's move this way, let's yeah. move that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is yeah. that common? Well, it's, it's, the, it's the way that I like to do it, to be honest, because if you have, if you have some experts uh, on your side, people who you trust, why, why you don't have to ask him? I mean, I can, I can take my own decision, but if you ha- have an expert who, who hunted hundreds of Ibex, the best you can do is ask him and talk with him about his opinion. Then you can make the decision. But it's always good to have more opinions, more points of view. It also it reduces the risk of you messing up. Exactly. And I can tell you, I'm, I have my own business. Why is it important? Explain to them, go through, but I want you to explain to them why I said what I said, that you don't want to mess up. No, I don't, I don't want. No. <laughs> I why want. not? Why I don't want to mess up? Mm-hmm. Well, I want we shoot the correct animal. What happens if you don't shoot the correct animal? Well, uh, it's, it can be a problem. Yeah. With who? Sometimes with the government. Yeah. Because if you shoot a young animal with a good potential, you can have problems. But the main problem 
is is for us. I mean, if you but want it's also w- for the town, right? The town that you bought the yeah, license that's, from. That's the main thing. I mean, if if you want to take care of your area and you want to have a good trophies, you cannot shoot a young animal with a very good genetics. That's gonna that's gonna destroy your your area. So you have to keep that genetics and shoot a very old animals. Pablo, though, if a non-hunter is listening to you mm-hmm. or an anti-hunter is listening to you, but you're supposed to just kill everything, Pablo. No, no, no. I mean, every year we we make a an, a, a, a we count the, the animals on the population on, count. the population on the on the area, and uh, depending on the population, the government gives us some some tax. So what we are doing is to keep the population on the right amount of ibex. If not, they are growing and growing, and they will destroy everything. And the selectiveness of how you take things. Describe it to someone who's somebody's listening to this has no idea what an ibex is. Number one, that's difficult to describe. It's yeah. a goat. Mm-hmm. It's a goat. Many different species here in Spain. Yeah. But explain the levels, because I came in here and I said I want a very old animal. Mm-hmm. And I want a representative yeah. of the species. So what the the way that we hunt the ibex and the way that we sell the ibex are are for representative, which is an animal that uh, have usually not very good genetics. We try to shoot an old animal, but but an animal that don't doesn't get bronze. Then we have the bronze. The it's silver. never going to get bigger than what it is. This is what we try exactly. Or maximum it's going to be a bronze, but never a gold medal. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the genetic is is not very good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if it's gonna be as as poor as the genetic, it's gonna be better for us. So the the perfect representative is gonna be a old animal that doesn't get uh, bronze. Perfect. Yeah, and when we are talking about bronze, silver, or or gold, we're talking about the SCI measurement. Okay. So yeah, you we have permits for for our representative. For bronze, silver, and gold, and sometimes if the if want to if we want to reduce a little bit the population, uh, we have some permits for females as well. So your permit system through the town through the government is based on a score system. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And today we were lucky enough to take exactly what we needed to yeah, take. Exactly. Right? Yeah, because we take a representative who is not reaching uh, bronze. But it was like eleven or twelve years. It was ago. never gonna get there. Never. No. That's a that's a perfect representation of ibex that we want to shoot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What is the? There's so this is the specific ibex that we went after was a Bassete ibex, but there's lots of other ibexes here in Spain. Yeah. They, explain the the kinds of ibex, mm-hmm. and they're all native, right? They're not introduced. All the ibex in Spain are native from Spain. Spain is the only country that you can hunt that ibex, and uh, it's the country, the country in the world with more sub- different subspecies of ibex. We have four: the one we hunted, which is the Bethete. Are they all subspecies from yes. the same species? No, yeah, subspecies yeah, from yeah. the same species. Okay. Yeah. So we have uh, the Bethete, the Gredos, Ronda, and southeastern ibex. So we have two on the south. One on the Gredos Mountains, which is uh, on the center of the country, and Bethete, which is on, on the east mm-hmm. of the country. Northeast, I would say, yeah. And what caused them to... Is it just geography? 
There's a bloody bee running yeah. around here. Well, um, it's it's geography based on the mountain range. So they actually can any of the ibex species here in Spain cross over into mm. other ibex areas? Maybe, maybe that can happen on the southeastern and Bethete, because the 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 both population are getting bigger and bigger, and then they can they can arrive to cross. Uh, in on the north northeast uh, part of the southeastern ibex and southern part of the Bethete. Mm -hmm. but we don't have that problem. I mean, it's, it's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. it can happen, but it's not a big problem here. But the the thing is, because of the of that hunting uh, preservation that we do, the populations are getting bigger and bigger. So that that can happen maybe on the future, but only with the southeastern and 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 Bethete. What um. Are the villages so? Ex so talk about who owns the ibex. Well, that that depends. That it depends. I okay. mean, some you have some private owners. So if if the wildlife is on your property here in Spain and you own the property, you own the wildlife. You you sometimes depending on the state, you have some tax. I mean, if you if you own the land. And there is a hunting association. Sometimes you have some some of the tags belongs to you. Okay. For example, you imagine on the hunting area there is eight tags. So six tags are gonna be for the hunting association, and two tags are gonna be for you. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. So, but the the most common way to get the trophies, the tags, it's um, the the hunting association of every little village on the hunting areas, have the hunting rights of that land. So, so there's a hunting association? There is hundreds of hunting with associations. With every village? Mm, maybe not every, all the villages, but, but yeah, most of them. So today where we hunted, there was a hunting association in Kula? Exactly, yeah. And Eusebio was the head of the hunting association? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's in charge of the hunting association, okay. yeah. And uh, so that hunting association have the rights of the hunting, have the hunting rights, and they can decide if they want to shoot the, all the animals themselves. Of course, they have a limited tax, or they can sell all the rights or part of the rights. So what what we used to to do is, for example, in on that case, they hunt the wild boar and the partridge, and they sell the ibex uh, permits to other people. Usually foreign foreign people who come to shoot the ibex. But the foreigners can't just... I can't... I couldn't call up Kula town no, and say, no, hey, no. I want to buy ibex hunt. Well, maybe you can. If you talk Spanish, you can call... But the thing is, you have to have some permits. Mm. You have to have your gun permit, your license, all the paperwork. So that And that people doesn't know how to do the paperwork. So right. at some point, maybe you can come here and hunt but that's not going to be the proper way. Probably you you are you will not have all the licenses and for sure that people is, doesn't know how to export the trophy. Mm -hmm. This is why you use a broker or an outfitter. Mm -hmm. And <coughs> those obviously those tags that hunting association has they choose to sell however many. Right? Whatever they have. They you know well, whatever they want. Yeah. Yeah, they they can they can make that that decision, but usually they sell the tax with more value. Here is the ibex 
on the Pyrenees is the Shami, uh, maybe in other parts is the Mouflon. Mm-hmm. And with that money, they, they do different things. What do they do? Well, <coughs> sorry. For example, today we were talking with that guy from that association, mm-hmm. and that was very interesting because they told us uh, they keep the the forest clean in order to keep the fire out in in summer. Sort of fire breaks. Exactly. Yep. They put some water points on the on the hunting place for the wild boars, for the partridges, for the rabbits, for all the wildlife, which is very important because it's getting very very dry in summer in Spain. Yep especially in that part of Spain. And and which was very interesting is they are buying partridges to try to to release on that area, to try to have a good population of wild partridges on the area, mm. which is super important in Spain. And the, we are losing the partridge population in Spain, which is a, a big problem. And rabbits. And rabbits, yeah. And why is it important to have those base prey species on the landscape. Well, it, it's super important because all the predators eat that animals. I mean, if 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 the base of the of the chain. So if you lose that base, you're going to lose all the animals. And your predators are pretty endangered here, hey? You we have we have predators very endangered like some kind of eagles, the lynx, which is the m- the most endangered uh, felon in the world. Iberian lynx, right? Yeah, Iberian lynx. We don't have it here, yeah. but we have it more on the south. Mm-hmm. And I, I will say it's going to be the same same deal. Yeah. Mm. No, I, it's... Um, it was obviously, you know, I don't get to hunt very much anymore. But there's so many good stories here. Again, just like thinking about benefits and consequences of mm-hmm. the action of hunting, right? Yeah. Nobody would think, nobody knows that these tiny little towns that we just drove through, there's, you know, Kula is how many people? I don't know. A thousand people, maybe? Maximum. Maybe. Maybe. The majority of the, the, the houses we saw were like weekend houses mm-hmm. from people from Valencia, mm-hmm. from the coast coming up, right? Yeah. Yep. Very houses. rural. Very agricultural. Yep. The the beekeepers came and had a beer with us <laughs> yeah. and then brought a a honeycomb <laughs> from the beehive. We this, yeah. this guy came up and we had just finished hunting and he sat down and they just I guess in the conversation, right, he just said I'm a beekeeper. Yep. And we asked, Hey, do you have any honey like to go? Like little jars of honey, right? Yeah. And he disappeared. I was like, okay, he's just going to go get a jar of honey. Yeah, to the store or something. He went to his beehive. And he pulled a comb out of the beehive. Yeah. And walked it back to us. Yeah. And proceeded to cut honeycomb out of the beehive for us to eat. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, to be honest, I didn't expect that. No, nobody expected it. <laughs> but to, to, that, to the point I'm trying to make here is that a town like Kula, am I saying it right? No. Yeah, Kula. Yeah. Kula. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's nothing like there's agriculture, there's sheep and cows and almonds and olives mm-hmm. and hunting. Yeah. I mean, hunting is a big thing here. Yeah. It's a big rural culture, right? It's a big rural culture, and, and, and there is a lot of businesses that that uh, needs hunters on the area like hotels restaurants 
mean that I'm not indirect. No, how to say? I don't know how to say. Not direct, but yeah, indirect. 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 Uh, the, the sort of trickle down. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Not the direct hunting license, but this hotel that we're staying in. For example. For example. Yeah. Mm. Exactly. No, it's been. Um, I'm, I'm certainly glad that you said to me, you're like, Robbie, you need to come hunt. <laughs> yeah, I'm happy to have you here, man. No, I would have been happier if you let me shoot that, like, <laughs> shitty <laughs> little thing. You shoot a very nice ibex. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I shot a very nice ibex. And, and the hunt was amazing because, I, I, again, this is an audio medium, so I'm trying to describe this. But this is super canyony country. Yeah. Like, we were standing on a cliff today mm-hmm. that was probably 200 foot sheer yep. rock face mm-hmm. and we saw ibex at the bottom of the cliff and we were like perfect ibex mm-hmm. but impossible there's no way we can get to them even if we decided to shoot it but it was shooting at like a yeah. 80 degree angle yeah, straight down yeah yeah super canyony mm-hmm. super mediterranean fragrant lots of scrub shrubs pretty much dominated by like a native rosemary mm-hmm. bush yep. that's in flower, mm-hmm. purple, blue flowers, bees everywhere. Yep. Then there's this other flower, there's this other thing that looks like rosemary, but it is spiky and it's like thorn bush. Yeah. And then you've got cedar trees, you've got small little cedar trees everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the ibex are eating everything, right? Yeah, well, the, the, the ibex at the end of the day are goats, so they can eat, they just a- eat everything. everything. Of course, they have some preferences, mm-hmm. but but for example, you see the that yellow flowers. Mm. They can eat that flower, so they can eat pretty much everything. The ones that uh, Isebio picked, yeah, or the yellow flowers on both. the bush, both, both, mm. both. And so it's super canyony. It's almost like, and I've never done this. I've never gone sheep hunting. I've never done any of that kind of stuff. But it's almost like you're on, you know, one finger of a canyon and you glass the opposite rock faces, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you're like, oh, there's an Ibex. <laughs> yeah. And in my brain, I'm like, well, why are we looking over there? Because <laughs> there's well, no way we're getting over there. Y- you have to look where, where the Ibex are. <laughs> you cannot yeah, but choose it's so, But it's so far away. It's <laughs> like, there's no point. Like, why even look there? <laughs> we're not going there. <laughs> we're going literally <laughs> <laughs> we we found this group of ibex that was under this they were just too big they were almost like oak trees they looked like oak trees yeah well that it was a very big oak tree which was our reference yeah mm-hmm. and then i think this is this is something that's quite enjoyable is i went like this with my binos and i looked you were standing next to me with your binos yeah and I was like, oh, the top left one the, is black and looks good. At two kilometers. And you said to me, let me see your binoculars because <laughs> I can't see what you're seeing. Yeah, I just see like eight <laughs> spots, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I had those, uh, the new Kilo Sig Sauer uh, st- image stabilizing mm-hmm. binoculars. And I gave them to you and I said, here, switch it on. And you're like, oh my God. Yeah, that's a good stuff. It's like a spotting scope. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we saw them. What were there? Were there like eight of them in there? Hmm. Eight. Group of eight. Group of eight. And then we made our way around. Took us yeah, we 45 went. minutes to an hour. 
Yep, something like that. Because we stopped to look at more Ibex and more Ibex and more yeah, Ibex. Yeah, but I know we are looking for something very specific. I know you want to shoot a very old Ibex. Mm -hmm. So I thought we can find uh, one of with that characteristic on that group. So this is why we go straight to that group. Because the color was black. I mean, you cannot trust in the color 100%, Yeah. but it's a good sign. That it's an old animal. Yeah. Sometimes you can shoot an uh, old animal with a lighter color, so you cannot trust that I say mm -hmm. on the color, but dark color, it means probably that it, it's an it's old animal. Mm -hmm. So we made our way around to the top of that, that mountain, again, 45 minutes to an hour to get there, and then we just walked, 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 walked onto the bench. You saw the young Ibex, right, just hanging out. There was another one over there. Yeah. And we thought, man, they're just like right here. There's a little face, right? And Nestor popped his head over and he was like, oh shit, they're right there. Like right there. Yeah. 60 yards, 70 yards. Yeah. They hadn't moved. And then they busted us a little bit mm -hmm. and started coming up over, yeah. the, over the saddle. And we moved and positioned ourselves. And then it was a matter of communication. Yeah. Robbie, the one on the right. No, the second one on the right. <laughs> because it, it was the one on the right, but then suddenly I bring another one. I say, okay, yeah, he's not the one on the right now. Yeah, so <laughs> Second one on the right, yeah. second one on the right. And then I just <coughs> was like, knowing how much you guys had spoken, <coughs> knowing how much all the Ibex that we've seen thus far, like it's been like very deliberate. Like, that's how old that one is. That's how old that one is. Okay, no, don't shoot that one. No, this one is okay. I was like on the gun and they all stopped. And I said, are you sure it's the second from the right? Yes. I said, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pulled the trigger and knocked him over. Yeah. Good job, man. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Awesome. We had Ibex for lunch. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thanks to Juanto and mm -hmm. his wife. Yeah. And. Uh, Did you like it? Yeah. It was, it was, it was brilliant. good, right? It yeah. was brilliant. Yeah. To be an. 12 years old goat. 12 year old goat. Um, <laughs> yeah, not bad. Sliced thin tenderloin, lightly fried. Mm -hmm. These Man. people know how to cook it. Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was super unbelievable. But yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. We go back to Madrid tomorrow. And uh, yeah, the reason we're here in Spain is that we debuted a film for in Madrid about private lands and how they're being sort of put under the gun, really, from the government in terms of hunting bans and what that ban is doing for community and habitat and wildlife. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a super challenging film because it's all in Spanish. <laughs> um, but I think we did a good enough job. Everyone seemed to like it. And, um, yeah, we have to come back and finish part two now. Sure. So it's going to be great. But I appreciate the hospitality. I appreciate if the, the hotel, the restaurant, the hunting area. It was well, amazing. As an Spaniard, I appreciate what you're doing, man. I mean, you're giving us some voice. Mm. You're talking about our problem. Uh, so I appreciate it. I thank you. No, thank you. I really appreciate it. Uh, where can people find you if they want to figure out, maybe they want to come Ibex well, hunting in Spain with you? name of my company is Wild Hunting Spain. So wildhuntingspain.com. Or they can find me in social media, Pablo Carol. And it's going to be a pleasure to 
have more people hunting here. Yeah, you need to. It was great. It was absolutely amazing hunting area. As I said, we saw 40 plus ibex mm -hmm. in in just over two days. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, come hunt. Come hunt in Spain and come spend your money here and <laughs> let it go into the countryside and do good things for the wildlife and the people. Yeah, thank you. Well, that's it for today. I appreciate you listening, as always. Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.